Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran on this All Saints Sunday, and the Sunday in which we'll gather together with all the company of heaven, with, the, with all of the saints who have preceded us, and as one body here united, we will lift up our voices in praise and thanksgiving to God who has is, who is lovingly kept us together, lovingly provides for us. Before we begin our worship, just a few things to remind you of. Uh, first, a reminder that our food drive continues through the 19th, so uh, consider picking up some things to bring in over the next couple weekends if you're able. Also, believe it or not, you'll notice in your bulletin that it's time to fill out your poinsettia orders, so uh, look at that, decide what you will order, and we'll need those in by Sunday the 19th. Also, if you haven't gotten your newsletter yet, it's in your box. Uh, and with that in mind, make sure you read the front article about our Congregational Forum coming up on Saturday the 18th. And Mark, plan to be here with us as we'd love to hear from you and talk with you uh, about any possible upcoming changes. So uh, please consider that and please plan to be here the 18th. <coughs> Are there any prayer requests or uh, more announcements you have for the congregation this morning? Yeah, Kathy. Um, our granddaughter, Courtney, is having surgery Wednesday in Columbus. Okay, is Courtney? Courtney. Yeah, okay. Um, Back in uh -huh. the hospital. Okay, Tom. Yeah. Uh, John Rex's family. Yeah. There is nothing else. I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you, Father, word and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may find the world and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for, for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit,
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Almighty God, you have knit your people together in one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Grant us grace to follow your blessed saints in lives of faith and commitment, and to know the inexpressible joys you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from Revelation. After this I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might 
be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. We'll read verses responsively from Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times, and praise and the praise of God shall be ever in my mouth. I will glory in the Lord, let the rejoice. Proclaim with me the greatness of the Lord. Let us exalt God's name together. Look upon the Lord and be radiant, and let not your faces be ashamed. And I called in my affliction, and the Lord heard me, and saved me from all my troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear the Lord, and delivers them. He is to see that the Lord is good. Happy are they who take refuge in God. Fear the Lord, you saints of the Lord, for those who fear the Lord lack nothing. The lions are in want and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack nothing that is good. O Lord, you redeem the life of your servants, and those who put their trust in you will not be punished. A reading from 1 John. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him for we will see him as he is. And all who have this hope in him purify themselves, just as he is pure. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they, perse they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. 
invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, we celebrate all saints every year, and I think every year it's helpful to remember what we mean when we say the word saint. Because mostly we think of the title of saint in a distorted way, I believe. Because when we say the word saint, we often think of hierarchy. And this is what we love to do. We love to rank people. We love to rank Christians within a hierarchy. We love ranking people. This past week, the college football playoff rankings came out, if you pay any attention to that. And the way that works is that they gather a group of college administrators and retired coaches, and they sit in a room together, and then they talk about which four college football teams most deserve to be in the playoffs. So they look at the quality of each team's wins. They supposedly watch the games to see how teams have performed and so on. And then they sort things out. They rank them. They have debates about which team is most deserving. Well, sometimes we like to do this with Christians in the church, too. We like to rank them. Who's really holy in this congregation? Let's sort people out by how often they come to church, by how generous they are, by how kind they are. And then we can ding them in the rankings. If they use too much profanity, if they have a questionable past, they don't volunteer enough, and so on. We love to fall into the temptation of ranking things, and especially ranking people. And so we tend to fall into this tendency to think of a saint as someone who's high up on the rankings, someone who has a noticeable amount of holiness, someone near the top. We tend to think of saints as the Christians who are like Ohio State or Georgia or that team up north or Florida State, right? These are the impressive ones. These are the extraordinary Christians. But of course, we must not think of the word saint like that. And that's what our reading from 1 John this morning is going to show us. Because a saint is a person who clings to the promises of God and therefore has a hope greater than the world can offer. A saint is made not by extraordinary holy living, not by extraordinary morals, but a saint is made by God's promise to them alone. And so we look at 1 John chapter 3, and verse 1 says, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And then in verse 2, he emphasizes again, We are God's children now. Until we hear that word to us, we are God's children now. That's a present declaration. It's a statement of fact. We are God's children right now. And when we use the word saint, that's what we mean. To be a saint is to be God's child right now. And our identity as God's children doesn't come from our external behaviors. It's not because we deserve a high ranking in the church. Rather, 1 John 3, 1 says it comes straight from God's love. The apostle writes, See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. Our identities as God's children are begotten out of God's love for us. And so we are called children of God because God loves us. It's not a conditional relationship. Once you are someone's child, you are their child forever. That identity does not change. Parents, you know this. You know that your children can embarrass you. They can make you mad. They can do things that make you ashamed of them. They can refuse to talk to you and so on. But you cannot escape the truth that your child is your child no matter what they do. That identity is not based on behavior. It's not a ranking. It's not as if parents get to go out into a world full of young people and they get to choose which ones impress them the most and call them their children. No, your children are your children. And so God in his love makes us his children. This is exactly what happens to us at our baptisms. God gives us his name. He marks us with his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that marking, that name forever identifies us as his children. 
we are given that promise that we are his children now and forever. And John will say that God has proved this love to us through the cross of Christ. Because it was there, God said our sin would no longer be a barrier to being his children. God sent Christ to bear our sins away from us. Christ took them. And it was at the cross that God was acting out of love for us. Because there at the cross, he declared that nothing will stand in the way of us being his children. Nothing, not sin, not death, not the devil, nothing. And so when God says that we are his children, he means it. It's a declaration of fact. And a saint is a child of God by God's very own promise. And that's a sure promise. And we know it's a sure promise because it's a promise that God has secured for us through Christ on the cross. And so we have this promise that we who trust and hold on and grasp to God's promises are saints in this world. But it's often the case that these identities as children of God are hidden from the world. Right? The world will look at the church and not believe that there is anything unique about a baptized Christian. John says it like this. John says, the world does not know us. And this is often the remark you will hear from people outside the church. Right? They say things like, I don't need to go to church to be a good person. Or, I know that the church is full of hypocrites. They'll say, the church is full of people who are thinking that they're better than me. And these critical remarks make an important point. Because the fact is, the church is full of sinners. And the world does not understand how we can sit here as sinners and claim to be children of God. It does not understand how I can look out at all of you and call you saints. Because the world knows that you are not really an extraordinarily holy person. Right? The world knows you make mistakes. The world knows that you sin. The world knows you have issues. The world knows that your families have just as many problems as their families, and so on. And so what do we say to that? And this is what 1 John really helps us to see. Because we're not saints, because we're extraordinarily holy people. Instead, we are saints because God has made a promise to us. We have a promise from God that though the world does not know us, he knows us. And we have a promise from God that though the world doesn't see it, he sees it. And this is the promise given to us in our baptism. And now we hope and we pray that the world will see us as loving people. We want to be those who love one another. We want and we hope that the world will know us by our love. And that's what we want to happen. But we, we don't want to get the order of things wrong. Because we're made saints first by having faith in God's word to us. That's our identity. That's at the root of it. And that identity is not conditional based on being holy. And so our identity is often confusing. It confuses the world, and sometimes it even confuses us. Because the world will look at us and have its doubts. Right? How are these people really God's children? It's far-fetched. But in the present, our identity is simultaneous because we are sinners. But God has promised that we're also saints. By his word, he declares us his children. But in this mortal life, we still have the sinful flesh clinging to us. We still have hearts that do not entirely fear, love, and trust God above all else. We are indeed sinners. And so right now, as God's children, we are both sinner and saint. And our sainthood is often hidden from the world. And it's hidden because it's precisely given to us in word and sacrament. It's given to us in God's declaration. It's given to us in baptism. It's given, given to us in holy communion. And so the world doesn't see it. But John says there's coming a day when there will be no doubt about our identities. There'll be no questions. There's coming a day when the whole world will see it. The apostle writes, what we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. And you see there another promise. 
It's a promise which says that when Christ comes to gather all the saints, all of his children, there will be only one united holy people. We will no longer be sinners and saints. We will be only saints. Our identities as God's children will be fully known and understood by us and by everyone else because what is hidden from the world will be fully revealed. There'll be no question. In 2016, my wife and I moved to Lima and we bought a house. And in fact, we bought a a 100-year-old house that sat on the market for months and months uh, because it was in a neighborhood we wanted. It had a nice yard. It had its charms. But that house sat on the market because the inside of it was ugly. No one wanted it. And so being young and optimistic and energetic and probably naive, we bought that house and we got to work. And so we pulled out the old dusty gray carpet that everyone saw, right? And we revealed the original hardwood floors that were there. We scraped off the 50-year-old wallpaper that nobody wanted to deal with. And for weeks, we worked on wallpaper and scraped and repainted. We put down new flooring in the kitchen. We cleaned up the landscaping. We put in new light fixtures, put in some new windows, and so on. And it became clear that the house was something more than old wallpaper and carpet. There was a reality underneath all of it, all of the undesirable characteristics that the world saw, they were thrown away. And so when we sold the house, we had more offers than we could have imagined because people saw the house for what it really was. That's not a perfect illustration, but it is like the promise that God gives to his saints. Because there's coming a day when all the undesirable parts of you will be cast off. What is now partly hidden from view, hidden from the world, and even hidden from yourself, that you are truly a child of God, will be completely revealed to you. And that's the life of a saint. You live in the present reality of God's promises with the hope of knowing that these promises will be fully revealed. And when Christ returns, you and I will be gathered together with all the saints, with all the saints of all times, all places, with all of those who have preceded us in death, and together we'll joyfully know God's love in its fullness, and joyfully we will know each other fully as God's children. Amen.
now with all of the saints, let us stand together and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, and according to his scriptures, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We live the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, faithful God, we commend ourselves, our bodies and souls and all things into your keeping. Deliver us in your righteousness from all that would harm the body or assault the soul. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, send your spirit to the ministers of the Church who bring the good news of Christ's death and resurrection, that they may work through the preaching of this gospel to gather the lost, kindle faith in those who do not yet believe, and sustain us all to the day of Christ's coming. Lord, in your mercy. Gentle Lord, visit the homes of your people, that they may be places where faith is nurtured and where we learn to live our new lives in holiness and righteousness. Lord, in your mercy. Blessed are you, O God, and blessed are the persecuted who suffer for your sake and whose witness calls all to faithfulness. Bring peace to the nations. Give wisdom to Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, and to all who make, administer, and judge our laws. And deliver us from terror, violence, and any oppression. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, comfort us by your abiding presence and satisfy all who call on you in any kind of need, especially Ardith, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Steve, Nancy, Max, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, Jan, Courtney, Tom, and those who this morning mourn the loss of John. Grant them, dear Lord, patience in the midst of suffering, and according to your will, release them from any affliction. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, be with your church and all her, all her members who belong to you by baptism and faith. At the bidding of the Lamb, our shepherd, give us ears to hear your word and faith to receive him in his blessed sacrament. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, grant that we may be brought to everlasting life with the faithful who have gone before us, who now rest in their labors. We thank you for their witness and the lives they lived unto you. This morning, we especially thank you for LaRose and for Marcille. Comfort those who continue to mourn their passing with the knowledge that they are in your glorious presence, ever worshiping you. Lord, in your mercy. Mighty Father, we give you thanks that you have washed us in the blood of the Lamb, written our names in the book of life, and made us a royal priesthood and heirs of an eternal inheritance. Though we are unworthy of your grace, we pray you to hear us in the name of Jesus Christ, in whom, with whom, and through whom all honor and glory is yours. Heavenly Father, with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. 
Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty, and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. By the witness of the saints, you show us the hope of our calling and strengthen us to run the race set before us that we may delight in your mercy and rejoice with them in glory. And so with all the saints, with the choirs of angels and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending Indeed, holy, almighty, and merciful God, you are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. 
This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin, may be formed to live as your holy people, and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation please rise. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God.